sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Early line right here, Dave Martinez and Kevin Walls. I'm telling you, you know these moves coming on, but we are here stuff. to put the fun in functional sports content. That's what we do every morning, seven to nine a.m., giving you the edge on the grid. Kev, we had a battle of young quarterbacks down there in the desert, and boy, did it deliver! It went over the number. Kyler Murray throws for three touchdowns, runs for another one, goes over the century mark, but he was not. On the winning team, Tua Tagovailoa is now 2-0 and as a starter. He did more for his team than he did last week, right? Last week was the Dolphins yeah. all over Jared Goff defensively. I will say this, though. It happened again, right? Kyler Murray fumbles. Shaq Lawson runs it back for a 36-yard scoop and score. That was the first touchdown of the game. And, you know, eventually that was the working margin. The Miami Dolphins go to 5 and three on the season they get a win on the road 34 to 31 and now Tua in two starts has beaten two teams from what a lot of people thought was the best division in football he's 2-0 and oh. the Dolphins are 5-3 and three. they have to be considered in the playoff mix there's a lot here there's a lot here okay yeah they're 5-3 and three. I, I think they do have to you consider the quality of win um, I loved Arizona in this game I really did yeah. and that number was four, and then it was three and a half, and then it was six. And I was like, yep, makes sense to me. Now, we'll talk about the Arizona side. They they, they made some mistakes here. But Tua looked great. And that was the thing. He was not good in that first game. He didn't need to be. But in this right. game, 20 of 28, 248, and two scores. That's a really strong game. By the way, his rushing prop was 11 and a half. He had a long of 17. Mm. Uh, a couple of yards came off, took some knees. But 7 of 35 is where the number finished. That's a really, really nice day. And also, they had another defensive touchdown. There comes a moment where things shift from luck to a thing. And this team is loaded on the defensive side of the football. And if they're going to make some splash plays, then maybe you not, you're not going to get a defensive touchdown every week, but a big splash play that sets up an easy scoring opportunity? Yeah, maybe. So give Brian, Brian Flores his credit. Clubhouse leader, coach of the year, got to be right there. And the report came out this week. A report, look, you have, you decide if you want to put stock into it. I think it makes sense. Part of the reason they went to Tua, they needed the to know what they thing. had in him because yeah. they have the Texans pick and they needed to know if they want to draft another quarterback. And you might say, that's crazy, you can't give up on Tua so quick. First of all, teams give up on quarterbacks in five seconds. Second of all, the team they're playing set this precedent. <laughs> Steve Klein was able to keep his job, hired a head coach, drafted Rosen in the first round, fired, traded away, new yep. coach, number one overall pick at quarterback. So that's now a thing in this league is like you come in and you can make a mistake and just fix it around. I believe that that was a thing for them. But what they're seeing right now, forget drafting a kid. This Miami team, look, I don't love the schedule for them, but I didn't love the schedule for them to start to his debut. So what do I know? Ultimately, 
This team, as you said, Dane, this team is live. They have to be live. They're five and three. They've won four games in a row. They're playing real good football. Both sides of the ball. They absolutely are. We thought about this when Fitzmagic had them like at 500. Now Tua has, you know, and the defense has gone two in a row. They are now five and three. I also will say, listen, there was a big injury in this one. Preston Williams, who seemed to be Tua's favorite target over Devontae Parker, left it with a midfoot injury. Keep an eye out for that as we welcome in our radio audience around the country. Big shout out to the radio affiliates, including the Mightier 1090 out west. Thanks for waking up very early with us dane martinez and kevin walsh and kev think about it their leading running back is down on ir their number two running back or at least what we thought was going to be their number two running back in matt Breida, did not play in this one this was like ahmed and jordan howard okay for this offense that scored 34 points preston williams went down with a foot injury like Devontae parker is there but now this is a team maybe on the running back side getting better over time when these guys come back we will see who uh tua's kind of main targets are Devontae parker could be interesting moving forward mike gasicki could be interesting moving forward especially jakeem grant could be interesting moving forward if preston williams misses any time and Gaskin and Brita are also down it looks like Tua will find the matchups wherever they are so a very interesting one on this side talk to me about Arizona though listen they score they score 31 points they 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 miss the field goals kind of at the end um Kyler Murray still absolutely dynamic Christian Kirk becoming a, a favorite target along with D Hop what do you make of these Arizona Cardinals because they also had an opportunity right kev with seattle going down with tampa going down you know this team is five and three if they had gotten to six wins we'd be talking about the cardinals a little bit differently as well then if they won this game they'd be in first place in the nfc west instead they lost it we might look back on this as why they missed the playoffs i know you think the bears are going to finish five and eleven but there's a world where this Arizona team, I know, but there's a world where this Arizona team, I'm telling you, you take a look at those schedules. It's tough. Buffalo's coming in next week. You're off of a bye. You're at home. Listen to these teams' losses on the year. Detroit in your building. Carolina, who rightfully is somewhat like been exposed. That should have never happened. Kyler threw for like 128 on that team. Yeah. And now off a of bye, Miami. Those are unacceptable losses that really might cost this team a playoff berth. Fourth and one, you decide to take a 49-yard field goal and not have Kyler Murray pick up a fresh set of downs. There was an awful decision from Cliff Kingsbury. Awful decision. Might cost them a playoff spot. They should be in first place right now. First place. Put your hands in the air. Put your hands in the air. Hey, ho, hey. We'll be right back. More early line after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the early line right here, giving you the edge on SportsGrid, Dane and Kevin. And, you know, it's interesting, Kev, because Tua Tagovailoa, right, is 2-0 as a starter. 
right? And mm-hmm. we're all like, oh, the defense is helping him out, scoring touchdowns for him and all this stuff. Meanwhile, but he's 2-0. and Meanwhile, Justin Herbert is playing like a maniac with his head on fire, right? Another 300-plus yard game, yet they can't get the job done. They can't close the door. It even looked like he had a game-winning touchdown pass with no time left on the clock, but boy, did that move. That ball hit the floor, and no, the Las Vegas Raiders win this game 31-26. It doesn't matter that Herbert throws for 326 yards and two touchdowns. It's in another loss, Kev, and the Chargers fall to 2-6 and six on the season, and now, in the same way as how we're respecting the Dolphins, and we have to consider them viable at five and three we got to say the same thing about the las vegas raiders who get a win have the impressive win against the chiefs at arrowhead and they're above 500 at five and three what do you take from this one Kev? from the charger side i think there comes a point where it's like man great building block win for our young quarterback and you're like i think we're gonna break this kid's spirit like this is miserable Again, I I feel like last week, I think, was the moment that a lot of people started to realize that this is not just Falcons adjacent, but possibly worse. Again, their losses, double-digit blown lead to the Kansas City Chiefs. They no-showed a game against the Panthers, but he, by the way, had the football, with a chance to win the game, to go down. They were down by five. They don't get it done. 17-point blown lead to the Bucs. 17-point blown lead to the Saints, 17-point blown lead to the Broncos, a lead blown as well to the Raiders, touchdown called off the board at the gun after losing to a touchdown that was reviewed at the gun last week that ended up being confirmed as a touchdown. It's rough to be a Chargers fan. This is all miserable. And, like, look, Herbert, again, it was a really good game. Was he spotless? No. Was he good enough to get a win? I'd say yes. Stop running fade routes. Stop running fade routes. I can't stress this enough. Stop running fade routes. We saw the Bucks do it. I forgot to rant then. Too much other things important with that game. Stupid. Stop running fade routes. Chargers, game on the line, don't run fade routes. Have I made myself clear? I think so. Vegas, 5-3. Like I love them, and we should run them exclusively on goal-to-go situations. They're great plays. No, they're not. Don't run fade routes. Vegas, great resume. Really good resume. They're 5-3. and three. I don't know if I believe in this team. I don't know if they can win a playoff game. Here's what I know. They're 5-3. The schedule is there. I will say it to you again like I did last week. There is one game to me that they have absolutely no chance in. They're going to play the Chiefs. Off of their bye at home on Sunday Night Football, they're not going to sweep the Chiefs. Okay, fine. They cool. beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. <laughs> yeah, they're absolutely not going to beat them twice. Um, they are. This is the remaining schedule name. Home versus Denver. Home versus the Chiefs. At Atlanta. At the Jets. Home versus the Colts. Home versus the Chargers. Home ver- Jesus, goodness. Home versus the Dolphins. At Denver. Their dogs. Five more. Ding. They are dogs, okay? Realistically... Home versus the Chiefs, outside of that, you set the line when they're home versus the Colts. I think they it's a pick em. They might be slight favorites. They've got eight games left. They might have one where they're dogs, and they're still home for the game. It doesn't mean they're going to go 7-1. and one, But this team getting to double-digit victories would be a disappointment based on the remaining right. schedule. 
This is what I'm talking I, I about with you. this team. I hear you. I Let think me they're ask, in. Oh, by the way, by the way, check for this playoff team who their leading wide receiver is by far on oh, the season. Kev, it's a conversation we were having uh, previous to this season. It is Hunter Renfro, and it's not even close in terms of the wide receivers. Rugs, Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Kev. Who, in your opinion, is a better team? The Vegas Raiders, the Miami Dolphins, or the Chicago Bears? How would you rank those three teams that all have five wins? Uh, interesting. Man. So Miami would have been dead last, but then they win the game against Arizona. Basically, if those teams were all going to play on a neutral field this week, yeah. I think yeah. I would go... They had some round-robin tournament of death. Who do you think gets out of that? This is these five-win teams that we're now saying, like, hey, Miami, Vegas, you know how I feel about Chicago, but we'll, we'll leave that for yeah. now. These are five-win teams that are going to be in the thick of it that I don't know that, call it me, call it you, call it the world, you know, maybe the public is slow to believe in, shall we say? But they're all right mm. there. I probably would still put the Bears at the top. I'd go to Vegas and I'd go to Miami. Uh, okay. Again, the Bears' entire season is on the line Monday Night Football at home against the Vikings. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about that game right now. I told you this though before <laughs> the show started. I'm going to be complaining about this game for a week straight, but yeah, that's the season. They win that game. They're six and four. They hit the bye. They feel good. They lose. They've lost four in a row. They're five and five, and they're looking up at two NFC West teams, and whichever one of the Bucks and the Saints. Like, that's the year. That's the year. But I would still, right now, go Bears, Vegas, and Miami. I think reasonable people could have it completely flipped on its head. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting, right? Because I do think there's a case to be made for many of those permutations when we're talking about those teams. I just find it interesting yeah. that you know half the season is there. You know, you are what your record says you are, right? On some level, these guys have five wins each and I think are performing above expectations, uh, at least what most people would say. One last point on this game. Kev, you know how I have been telling you for the last few weeks now, one thing for fantasy managers, DFS people to know, since the switch to Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen is a wide receiver one, period, end of sentence, full stop. He continues it in a game where we didn't even know if he was going to be up because of sore throat and testing for COVID and things of that nature. Nine for 103 and a touchdown. This is another inevitability in the fantasy world because of the way Herbert plays and how dynamic he has made that offense. Keenan Allen, I believe, is a wide receiver one the rest of the way. Kev, you talk about like that was their season and as it related to the Bears. Well, the season was decided potentially for some NFC East teams um, as well. Yesterday, where the football team, you know, some mm -hmm. people thought that if the football team got this win to get to three wins and with a little soft piece of the schedule, if they had gotten this win also, Kev, they would then have wins over every other team in the NFC East. You know, they beat Philly week one. They had that win against Danucci in Dallas. If they could get one against the Giants, there was an opportunity there for the football team to potentially be value. However, Daniel Jones can't really beat anybody except the Washington football.
football team. The Giants have two wins, both of them against the football team, neither one of them that they were able to cover short lines on. And our producer tells us that this is not the only time they can only beat the football team in Daniel Jones's career. The only wins he has are against the football team. We can go into this a little bit more after the update, but we also have to make a point. Another gruesome ankle injury in the NFC East. Unfortunately, this looked very similar, guys, to the Dak Prescott injury, where you could literally see it looked like the man's sneaker was on in the wrong direction. You could see the bone popping out. They didn't want to show the replay of it much, but we do have to figure out, I guess that means... We are riding with Alex Smith for the duration. Huh, Kev? Yeah, uh, unfortunate for Kyle Allen. Um, He's playing some all right football. Alex Smith looks horrible. Like three picks. The interceptions that he threw to end that game, they had multiple cracks at the Apple Washington in that game. Uh, Alex Smith is like almost unplayable. Um, I understand that it's a great story. We all love it, but being realistic, you can't back this team with Alex Smith as their quarterback. Uh, Does Ron go back to Haskins? I think it's going to be at least another game before that happens, but at some point he might have to make that decision. All right, we'll talk about this from the Giants side. Also, in that same vein, Big Ben Roethlisberger as comeback player of the year. If Alex Smith pisses away this narrative and they go elsewhere with that, think about that. There's some value in that market. We'll discuss that this week as well. But for now, we got the Sports Grid news update and then more Week 9 games to cover here on The Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Big shout-out to all of our radio affiliates as well. Thanks for coming on board and getting the edge by getting on the grid bright and early in the morning, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. Kev, you know what I was struck by when we were talking Miami, and I saw the the story out there as well, this idea of Tua auditioning, right? The idea that, oh, we got to see what we have in him to know what we need to do moving forward. I want to ask you the same question as it relates to the New York football giants. The New York football giants, they win the game 23-20. They move to 2-7 and seven on the year. Um, this is also a regime, you know, a new head coach in uh, Joe Judge. And a lot of people believe that the Giants, uh, even despite this win, We'll be drafting early on, you know, is Daniel Jones the quarterback of the future for the New York Giants or might a new regime have to look behind door number two? So I don't think so. Here's the caveat. There's an argument to be made that we give up on quarterbacks too easily. He's played 22 games as a star. Like, he's played in 22 career games. I don't even think he has 22 career starts, by the way. He had a couple, you know, games where he came in for Eli. You know, can we get 32 games under these guys' belts? You know, two full seasons? Can we get into year three for first-round picks before we give up on them? If you believe that, then that's fine. But if we're going by the way these things are usually with their normal trajectory... Probably not. I mean, 
Yeah, what what's the positives? Guy turns, you know, I mean, he turned the ball over. He didn't turn the ball over, right? So it's a miracle. And I guess you know they don't have Saquon, right? Still, how many times of these Daniel Jones starts have they had Saquon Barkley in tow? Not many. You know, there was. Missing with the ankle last last year, missing obviously with the knee this year. So I could see reasonable people that have legit excuses for Daniel Jones, but you know they may have an opportunity to uh, do something about it if they stay kind of in the top five of that draft order. So I do think it's important to see if you think you know if you can beat the tea leaves on those. Like out of all that, like just the eye test, do you think he's a franchise quarterback? Oh, no, no, not at all. Mm. Um, okay. Look, the other thing is sometimes, and I know you want, like, remember how you always talked about the Jets? Like, I want to be ready for when Brady's gone. Right, like, right, if you're right, the right. NFC East, right? Yeah. How do you, like, people wonder why Philly's in first place right now and they're having a disaster season. Like, all of these other three teams hired new head coaches new this offseason. That's right. Okay? At least one yeah. of them gets fired, Right. And how many of them might have new quarterbacks going into next year? Like, what's the timeline that you're trying to be on in the NFC East? Like, I don't even know. Like, and that's just well, why to be honest, is, I think is that's nice part spot. of why. I think that's part of why Washington went to Kyle Allen in the first place, right? Because they saw an opportunity. They thought that even at whatever it was at the time, two and four, whatever they were, that they had a yeah. chance. And so I do think, you know, unlike, for example, when I, I, I say that in the AFC East right now, where the Jets or the Bills or the Dolphins primed and ready when the Patriots fell. I've mentioned this to you also in the NFC South, how I believe Carolina is primed because I think they'll be ascending as Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Matt Ryan all had the sunset of their career, right? So I do believe the mm -hmm. cycle is interesting. You would think that Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott are going to be there for a while, right, as the kind of big dogs in that division for the for the Giants to get someone to try to compete with them. But I digress. I want to go to another game in another division, right, where, again, the cycle, who knows where it is because we don't know how long Aaron Rodgers is in that division. We know Kirk Cousins is there for Minnesota, and we know Stafford may not be there long for Detroit. And that's the game I want to talk to you about, the Detroit. Detroit Lions go to Minnesota, take on the Vikings, and I cannot make sense of this Minnesota team, Kev. I like them coming into the season. I thought they were deserving co-favorites with the Packers going into this season. They looked bad to start, right? Then there were reasons to be a little bit high on them, most notably against Seattle when they were close, right? But then it looked like they were cutting bait, Hunter on IR, trading in Gakwe. It was like, nope, they don't want it. But now in the last two games, Kev, Dalvin Cook has six touchdowns and over 500 yards, you know, from scrimmage. So this team, Kev, that's three and five, but lost two games without Dalvin Cook, Right? Isn't there a world where they are hanging around? Do you think they could get on a run now that Dalvin Cook looks to be this side of uh, Christian McCaffrey by far the most dynamic back in football? All right. I need to make sure I focus on this game because I'm starting to think about uh, their next game again. Dalvin Cook's incredible. Okay? 22 carries, 206 yards, two touchdowns. Kirk Cousins threw three touchdowns in this game, 13 of 20, 222 yards. Okay. Like, it, it was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah. Ultimately, the Lions are terrible. 
okay? This is the thing. Like, we picked this spot up last week. They're, they're not good. Everything that they did off of the bye was like, no, that's fool's gold. It's been proven. They've been completely blown out their last two games. And ultimately, the reason why I didn't love Minnesota in the game is they let everybody down against Atlanta. That's on me. Like, you know, you're supposed to have a short-term memory as a better. And I didn't there because I've seen them, you know, mess up in that spot. So it's a really nice job by the Vikings. Look, they're three and five. I remember you telling me I was out last week. Joe P. was yeah, on Joey here P. saying if they if they're going to expand to eight teams, he'd be interested in Minnesota. They would need to win next week. Can I just make one more point about this game next week, please? That I just remembered. It's on Monday Night Football Day. What? Is that ringing a bell? Kirk Cousins, Monday Night Football. Like the fans in the hello, stands, though it's okay. The prime. I don't know if the prime he's zero nine on Monday Night Football. Like you know me, you know I don't like to bet until day of. True. Like I'm about to break the rule. What is going on here? This number is five points wrong. I know, but think about how we talked about the Bears. Think about how we talked about David Montgomery. You know, the question is, they lost to the Titans in Tennessee. Like. The Vikings beat the Lions? Are we serious right now? I'm like, it's crazy. So you're on Chicago, clearly, next week for Monday Night Football. I, I, like, if, if, I like I'll just tell you this. Alvin Cook's going to run for 200 yards. But, like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, but the Bat Bears defense is still good. Kirk Cousins, Monday Night Football. It's Monday Night Football. He never wins. What, is he going to finally gonna win a game on Monday? Like, all I'm saying is, if it comes out in the middle of the week that there's a, like, crazy positive COVID test on the Bears roster, I would not be surprised. That line is impossible to wrap my head around. They just all of a sudden decided home field advantage is not a thing. If this game was in Minnesota, Minnesota would be laying more points than the Titans laid this week to the Bears. I think you mentioned it earlier in the show. The entire world is off Chicago. I think this is a yeah. reflection of that. We'll see if the money moves throughout the week, right? This is, like you said, an early line. We will see. But listen, Minnesota, with this version of Dalvin Cook, if he's going to rip off 200 yards and getting in the end zone, then yeah, sure, I'll take Minnesota against Chicago because I don't know how Chicago will be able to hold up their end of the bargain in terms of scoring. But as we sit here, remember, Green Bay has run away and hid. You have Chicago. Chicago at five wins. Don't look now. But the Minnesota Vikings at three wins, getting their stud running back back could have them in the mix, If especially in a week where a lot of the NFC teams kind of fell back down, right? The Arizona Cardinals fell back down. The Chicago Bears fell back down. You know, any thought you would have about the Washington football team fell back down. A lot of teams uh, in this conference did not deliver, so maybe there is an opening for another tier. Go ahead, Kevin. I know we, I know we got to move. I'll just quickly say they could have held on to Seattle. They lost by a point at home to Tennessee. And yeah. they had that no-show spot against Atlanta. Okay, you right. take two of those games. You're five and three instead of three and five. And yes, yes Minnesota is right there in the mix, but they're not. And remember, they're three and five and without Dalvin Cook for two weeks. You know, I mean, Dalvin Cook is clearly vital to this offense, right? And oh, in two yeah, of those games, sure. they didn't have him. So you know, I do think there is reason to not fully sell on the Minnesota Vikings just yet. There is one more game from Week Nine that we have to discuss: the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jake Luton. 
Kev. And remember how they were going to, like, you know, open up the offense for him? Well, maybe they weren't yeah. lying because on the second play of the game, he hits yeah. DJ Chark, right, for a 73-yard touchdown. Chark with a big game, 7 for 146, and a touchdown ultimately, though, even though he scrambles for the touchdown. They cannot get the two, and the Houston Texans get a win, 27 25. The Texans move to two and six. The Jaguars fall to one and seven, even though I don't think they mind falling to one and seven. But I got to tell you, Kev, <laughs> the kid looked decent. Yeah, it was, it was all right. I love that they threw the deep ball to Shark to start, uh, immediately right. delivering on their promise to open things up. Open up the playbook. Uh, yeah. Jags covering, again, was not a surprise to me just because. No, no, I know they were on the verge of not covering, but. The Texans are not good, and them all of a sudden laying six and a half on the road felt like way too much for me. Um, the one thing I want to say is we can't talk about Will Fuller anymore as a Deshaun Jackson um, or you know a Henry Ruggs. No, 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 no. Will Fuller has scored a touchdown in six consecutive six games. Straight. Will Fuller is one of the most consistent performers in the league. This is this is nothing about his talent level. It's nothing about oh I don't know what I'm going to. No, you know what you're going to get from him. It's been health. As long as he's healthy, he performs. That's it. Point blank, period. And this is a guy that, you know, the Packers probably could have used to add. They didn't. But give him his credit, man. Wolf was a beast. Yeah, six in a Notre row. Dame. That could be an option of his role changing a little bit with DeAndre Hopkins no longer there. But six touchdowns, uh, six games in a row, he does score. And it might be even more. Remember, David Johnson went camping for a concussion in this one. So we'll see what they look like moving forward. We got another game to preview to finish off week nine when we come back here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh putting the fun and functional sports content, giving you the edge. That's what we do here on The Grid. We look back at all the action yesterday from Week 9, but Week 9 comes to a close tonight on Monday Night Football with a game that, you know, maybe some people aren't even going to tune in for. But the New England Patriots and the New York Jets renew their hostilities. You know, we've had a lot of famous primetime games for the Jets and the Patriots, the butt fumble notwithstanding. But let's look at what we have in this one. Okay, the Patriots are coming to MetLife to take on the Jets. The Jets are a home dog of nine and a half. Remember, Dallas was a home dog of like 14. The Jacksonville Jaguars were a home dog of six, six and a half. We have seen places where these teams at home can still cover ATS. Nine and a half is the spread. 41, 40 and a half. There's been some movement in this one. Kev, I'm going to give you my thesis on this game now. And yes, I know people think I could be a homer. 
I don't think this – I think the Pats can win but not cover this game. I would take the points in this game. I don't believe the Patriots are a dynamic offense these days. You know the mm-hmm. way I feel about them. You're a little bit higher on them, it sounds like. But without – you know, no Julian Edelman. The running backs aren't there. Cam Newton, in my opinion, does not look fully 100%. But let's just look at the stats here, Kev. The Jets are the worst offense in all of football, you know, scoring like 11, 12 points a game. The Patriots are not that far behind. The Patriots actually right now rank 29th in the NFL, scoring 19 points a game. I'm not saying it's as simplistic as that, but 19 and 11, that's less than nine and a half points. How do you see, like, do you see the Patriots, like, dominating this Jets defense. We also have to make the point that it'll likely be Joe Flacco under center for the Jets, even further complicating this Jets offense. But check this out, Kev. Here's to my point. If you look at the anytime touchdown scoring market in this game, Cam Newton is minus 105. The best jet choice is LaMichael Pirine at like plus 230. But then with the Patriots, it's not much better. You don't have any option outside of Cam that's any better than like plus 150, plus 200. Jacoby Myers is like the one of the best Patriots options at two to one. Where do you think production and offense comes from in this game? I am, listen, you got to be careful what you wish for. I am very excited for this game. Um, you know that that I am a, a Cam fan, and yes. this is an opportunity for him to run it up. This is an opportunity for him to front run a little bit. Okay. Now you mentioned some teams not covering as big favorites, right? You yeah. know what example you left out when this Jets team last week caught nineteen and a half points and didn't cover the number. This team is terrible. This team is so bad, it's impossible. They luckily covered against Buffalo, so now it's not like, oh, no, they're not. Like, by the way, like they covered that game. Buffalo never punted. It was just all field goals. They somehow never scored a touchdown. Buffalo could have easily covered that game if Josh Allen just did one more thing correct. Honestly. Like, they covered the game. The Jets are horrible. And Flacco starting? Two starts for Flacco, 10 points against Arizona, a a goose egg in Miami. Like, this is going to be probably real ugly, okay? I will give Mike Carver some credit on this network. Everybody knows him, of course, from coast to coast, uh, throwing out the conspiracy that Bill Belichick will lose this game to mess with the Jets' uh, chances for the first overall pick. I love it. If they lose, I will come on and use that as an excuse. Um, but I don't think that happens. I think that this is a spot for the Patriots to get up, get out in front, run it up, feel good about themselves. They need a performance like this. Because yeah. as much as, and again, I understand why you think a 2-5 and five football team is done. I get it. But as much as you believe that, they probably do not. They are a team that still is the Patriots, and they have to look at the landscape, look what's in front of them. It starts with this game here on Monday Night Football. I believe that the Pats route them. The really only question I have is, Dane, do I need yeah. to be doubling and tripling down in a number of spots? I have a Cam Newton passing prop over for the season, right. okay? 
His passing prop tonight is 205.5 yards. Every quarterback has gone over that number except for the Niners and the Dolphins because they were both up by way too much and didn't need to get there, which could be live in this game, by the way. Cam Newton to score a touchdown. I need him in a fantasy lineup tonight. I'm just being honest. I need him in a fantasy lineup tonight. I think he might get into the end zone twice. That number sits at plus 550. I don't even know if that's fair value. I kind of think he does get into the end zone twice, but I'm kind of already needing it for a fantasy team. Also, do I really want to find myself sat there with Cam over passing yards, Cam over rushing yards, Cam to score once, Cam to score twice, Pats laying nine and a half, alt line Pats laying 14 and a half. Do I really need to do that to myself? You're loading up. I don't. But that's how I see this. I think this yeah. is a route. I think this is a complete drilling from the Pats. No, and that's fair. Listen, it's not like I think the Jets are going to bow up and like play for Adam Gaze or anything like that. And right. I would like it a little bit better if it were Sam Darnold instead of what looks like Joe Flacco. Are you not we surprised this is 10 and a half? Well, I, I'm, you are higher on the Patriots than most. Okay, I think. Oh, sure, but it's the Jets. Fair enough, and but that's a key number, right? That nine and a half, that ten and a half. I think they're a little bit concerned potentially about that. Could seventeen seven be in the cards? I I think an under could be in the cards, even at this low total. You seem to think that this is the get right spot for the Patriots, who then at three and five would still be two games behind the Miami Dolphins for second place in that division. But I digress. We're talking about, will we see Cam Newton kind of Superman flex on them today? And, you know, the, the conventional wisdom is that these Jets are a dumpster fire. My only cause for pause, Kev, is the idea that I don't know if the Patriots, this version of the Patriots, without Julian Edelman, right, with I still believe Cam is somewhat compromised. Now, he may put it in my eye today with the performance that gets you the plus 550, right, and getting into the end zone. All of a sudden, Jacoby Myers may catch nine balls, for goodness sakes. That is possible because the Jets are so bad, Right. But if not now, then when home team, Monday night football, division opponent that I believe is also limping into this game, um, if they're going to get one, this is one of the ones they could get. If you look at the rest of their schedule, I think it's possible. Ultimately, I do think the New England Patriots will win this game. Are there any prop bets or anything like that that you are on outside of Cam? Any of these other players that inspire confidence? I mean, we're talking about literally – Kev, look at these names here. Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird. Yeah. We're talking about Rex Burkhead. It, you know, I mean, it's not – or what do you think about the Pats' defense at plus 330 to score a touchdown? I mean, that's not fair value. 330 for a defensive touchdown. Again, it speaks to who they're playing. Uh, yeah. Last week, Jacoby Myers, though, I had like 10 targets from Cam, so 48.5 is reasonable. Uh, if he's going to be getting over on his passing prop, that's one way to look at it. And also, it's really, uh, you have no, like, quarterback here for the Jets right now in the props market. Makes things a little difficult, doesn't it? Um, I would be interested in some Crowder props, because Crowder seems to be the only guy that can do anything. Um, But Flacco, by the way, is minus 180 to throw a pick. Um, The, you know, I mean, he's going to throw a pick, so, you know. Uh, You can wait till half, though, get it at plus money, but he'll throw a pick. Nice. 
Um, I will say this. If you are a Jets fan and you're looking for silver linings or things of promise, keep an eye on the Michael Pirine tonight. Keep an eye on Denzel Mims tonight. These are young guys that will be part of this offense you know, in the future, um, regardless of who's the coach, who's the quarterback, you want to see positive things. You know, it's funny, like the Dolphins want to see positive things out of Tua, their quarterback. I'm less to hopefully see positive things about my third and fourth round picks at running back and wide receiver to see if they could be like valid NFL players as part of my future. That's what I am left with as a fan of the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I do, however, believe, Kev, that the Jets would beat whoever the college national champion is, okay? I'm not ready to play that game just yet. So let's look at the updated top 25 because we had big things happen in college football. Obviously, the game of the weekend, one of the pivotal games of the season, the Notre Dame fighting Irish. It takes multiple overtimes, but they get the job done without Trevor Lawrence in a big-time game. I believe it was 47-40 was the final Mm -hmm. in that one. You saw a lot of things as a result, Kev. One thing is you saw the Notre Dame Fighting Irish move to number two in the polls. Clemson, though, doesn't fall that far. They still control their own destiny, falling to number four. But you know what else we saw, Kev? We saw students rush the field like, whoa, in that game. It was crazy. We saw what I believe is another super spreader event that we will talk about another time. Look at this picture. Look at this right here. This is the fans mobbing the field after a double overtime win against number one. Kev, are you uh, lamenting the fact that you weren't in that mob coughing and hugging and spreading all that stuff yeah all i really care about was the result here uh notre dame just beat the number one team in the country and ultimately there's going to be some conversation around the validity of it because trevor lawrence was absent was trevor lawrence going to complete a hundred percent of his passes and throw for 650 yards no then shut up DJ looked incredible. He was 29 of 44, 439 yards, two throwing touchdowns, one on the ground. He was fantastic in this game. They scored 40 points, okay? Their defense gave up 47. Trevor Lawrence doesn't play free safety. Last time I checked. The Fighting Irish were still dogs in this game, mind you. Five and a half point dogs, not massive, but still dogs. They had plenty of time, all the time in the world, to make Notre Dame favorites. They weren't for favorites, Okay. That is a huge win. They are rightfully ahead of Ohio State. Them versus Bama, super tight conversation. Ohio State, the Big Ten looks like total garbage. Like, Indiana might be the only team that they play that's worth their salt. I don't know what to make of Wisconsin. They played a football game, and they lost all their other games. The rest of Penn State is 0-3. They lost to Maryland, Michigan, horrendous. So Notre Dame rightfully jumps them. You mention it. Clemson controls their own destiny. Them being at four instead of five or six is certainly massive for them. If they get that win, how they negotiate that between them and Notre Dame is very difficult. The more recent win with Lawrence back, you would think Clemson would be able to jump Notre Dame. But has Notre Dame done enough to where as long as they are competitive in the very likely ACC title game rematch to hold one of those four spots. That is the very, very big question that will still come out of this game. But Notre Dame rightfully with a top two spot, a massive victory, no asterisk. Yes, it's important Lawrence wasn't there. How much better could he have played realistically? Travis Etienne, the best back in the country, 18 carries, 28 yards. Incredible performance from Notre Dame.
No, you can't take anything away. They got the job done. And to be quite honest, Kevin, you know this as well as anybody else, in Brian Kelly's tenure, right, they haven't done that. You know, they get boat mm-hmm. raced when they play Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. This is what they had to do. They had to actually get the job done. You know, starters gone on the defensive side. You know, Trevor Lawrence not there. It don't matter. Get the win to prove you belong in the conversation. They'll likely have another opportunity against Clemson. We'll see what that does. There were some other important games around college football. One down in the SEC, Kev, the Florida Gators beat the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia now with two losses. They are the team that falls by the wayside. When we come back, with a couple of minutes we'll have less, we'll look at what the other moving and shaking was in the top 10 because Florida's there, more of the SEC is there, and somehow a bad day for my chaos theory, even though my two teams dominated and are still undefeated. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Right here onto the early line. We're looking at the ACC where Notre Dame with a big-time win over number one Clemson. But, Kev, as we look at the top 25 also, I think, listen, we're close to chaos theory. I don't want to lead with it, but my Cincinnati Bearcats win big. BYU Cougars win big. And ultimately, you know, Cincinnati was six last week. They win big. Now they're seven. As I look, though, we also have some interesting notes in the SEC, Kev. One of the big time games going into last week were the Florida Gators and the Georgia Bulldogs. And Florida gets the win and they move up. You know, Georgia, I guess we can consider them now toast. But look, Florida's there at six with one loss. And who was that loss to? A&M. They're there at five. Who was their loss to? Alabama. And only two of these guys can make an SEC championship game. We could have A&M standing there with only one loss to Alabama and not even be in their conference championship. You know, we got double the fun in the ACC, triple the fun in the SEC, and then these other schools with zero in their loss column still trying to knock on the door to get in. Look, this was a really tough result, and it didn't hit me until it was over, but Cincinnati needed to be cheering for Georgia in that football game and then let Georgia go to the SEC title game and lose lose twice to Bama, and they're out. Instead, Florida beats Georgia. They had to go in front of them. A&M doesn't jump Cincinnati if Georgia wins. As good, By the way, that was a really good performance for A&M against South Carolina. It's, but it's not even that. It's just they're not going to jump Cincinnati, who wins by four touchdowns against Houston and holds them to 10 points. But because Florida had to go in front of them, AM kind of just sits on top of them. You want to move Florida? Cool. We're coming with you. And that's what we ultimately yep. saw here. And, you know, we've talked about chaos theory. And I know that your end goal is Cincinnati in. And I've maintained that that is not what we need. We just need a bunch of teams to get screwed. I have a pit in my stomach because I very much because the thing is you're not a Cincinnati fan. I am very much so ready for my team to get screwed here. But all that needs to happen, forget Cincinnati who deserves a crack. That defense is incredible. Forget BYU, who blew Boise out, by the way, even if Boise had backup quarterbacks with their Heisman legit candidate quarterback. Florida beats Bama, Clemson beats Notre Dame. Five teams 
for four spots, all with preposterous cases yeah. to belong in the college football Big Ten playoff. doesn't look like they're going to hold up to their end of the bargain with the Buckeyes aside. So we may see the ACC and SEC fighting it out. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. The morning after is up next. Bomb on. Guess who's back? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.